Welcome to Good Enough-ish. I'm Brooke Forey. And I'm Amanda Jefferson. We are two organization-loving friends sharing tips, strategies, real-life experiences, and fails of trying to be good enough-ish at everything we juggle in life. I own Indigo Organizing. I help busy people simplify their lives at home and at work. I co-own Curious & Company Creative, a branding design firm, and I created the Balance Bound Planner that helps you get organized and prioritize self-care. You can find us on Instagram at goodenough.ish, and you can find the show notes over at goodenoughish.com. If you have questions, comments, or ideas for future episodes, email us at goodenoughishpodcast at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 484-440-9498. So let's start the show. Let's do it. Hey, listeners, Brooke here for the very first time in the history of Good Enoughish, two long years. We have our very first guest co-host today while Amanda is away. So please enjoy my conversation and banter with my friend and fellow listener, Hillary Ray. Hello, Hillary, not Amanda. <laughs> Hi, Brooke. I know it's so funny because every Thursday morning, the very first thing I do once I get my cup of coffee is play the, the latest episode of Good Enoughish, so it feels really weird to be inside of my own You're podcast inside. player. <laughs> I know, and it's so funny because I always start exactly the same way, like, hi, Amanda. And I was like, oh, I'm not doing that today. It feels so strange, but welcome. Thank you. You well, are you our first ever guest host, co-host. It's only taken us 86 episodes. <laughs> Well, yeah. I mean, I feel very honored to be the first. And also, hopefully, this shows that vacations can happen and breaks can be taken and the show can go on. Exactly. Too. The show must go on. So yes. um, tell our listeners a little bit about you. Who are you? Sure. So <laughs> I'm I'm Hillary Ray. I, too, am a listener uh, from the beginning. So exciting. I live in Philadelphia. I grew up in Philadelphia, went away for a bit, but I've been back for a long time. Feels like I live in a small town. And I run a company all about using storytelling to take your power back, to take up more space, find your voice in the world, and communicate who you are. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And that's basically it i love podcasts that's the other thing i know i mean yeah it's there's always something in my ear but it's so funny you and i met maybe five years ago now Mm -hmm. i mean covid distorted time for me but um we met at wellstruck which amanda and i talk about all the time wellstruck is an amazing community for business owners and back when it was like all in person you and i met and i think it was one of the first well-struck um, gatherings that I mentioned wanting to launch the Balance Bound Planner. And you were like, I love planners. Tell me more. And then you ended up being our very first Balance Bound customer. So I feel like this is like a little bit of a full circle moment because you've also been someone I've looked up to with podcasting and public speaking and and the amazing um, storytelling that you do. So this just feels real special to me. 
I know. It's one of those things, however many years ago it was, that we were seated across the table from each other for a mm-hmm. reason. I know. So. I have met yeah. so many amazing women through Wellstruck too. So it's like, it's just a great, it's a great vibe. Way Definitely. to go, Sarah Zero, yes. for creating that. <laughs> but um, so in addition to being my first Balance Bound customer um, and a listener, you know, we also just have some common threads, mm-hmm. like reality television. <laughs> yes. And I feel like maybe I knew this about you, but it wasn't until recently we were catching up. And I feel like I learned more about you loving reality TV. And I think I confessed more about yeah, loving so, it so much. Well, it's so funny because like I, I'm actually not into like the Real Housewives franchise or anything. I used to watch, I think Real Housewives, Real Housewives of New Jersey. But mm. I will say, I feel like... Um, I mean, obviously a lot of us watched the real world when it first came out, but I feel like I was really hooked on the concept of the real world, the very first season in New York when I was Mm -hmm. like 12. When did that come out? I was trying to remember this recently because there's a couple real world people on this current season of The Traders, which is one of my current favorite reality shows. and. I guess, yeah, it had to have been, I know we're about the same age, so it had to have been middle school. Yes. I also remember getting, like, when I was 23, being really upset that I was about to turn 24 because I knew that that was the max age for real world. And I was like, oh, well, I guess I'm just never going to be on it. And I actually don't think I ever applied to that show. Um, But I do remember there being, like, a, a true authentic devastation of turning 24, <laughs> which is hilarious. And how crazy is that, that like 24, like those are babies, those are children now that I, I look know. back. And so it's funny, I feel like I I don't watch that much reality TV now, but I went through a phase where I was super into The Bachelor and then I kind of dropped it for a couple of years and then The Golden Bachelor got me really reinvested. And so you and I were chatting about this the last time we caught up like a couple months ago and now I'm fully into Joey's season. Oh my goodness, me too. And he's a local boy and I just – I have like really – I've rediscovered my love for The Bachelor franchise. So what do you love about it? Well, okay. I definitely remember watching Trista Sutter's Bachelorette season, and she was the first Bachelorette. And I believe that that was 20 years ago, about, or something. So a long time. Yeah. And I was very in it for maybe the first 10-ish years, Mm -hmm. 11-ish years, watching both. And then I also took a step back. I went on, like, I had a moment of, like, reality TV is evil and I'm not going to participate in this. And it is. Yeah, kind of thing. (laughs) But I had a rekindling during COVID because the seasons got really weird because they were all just contained in these resorts. I There's just something about, like, I know that it's not real. I know a lot, especially that show, it's orchestrated. But I also believe that there are people once on it that believe it's real so it's this melding of yeah who people are and then stories that are being controlled by other people and the kind of the confusion of that colliding yes (laughs) that it it feels um like performance art in a way well I have a whole like because Nick has never understood why I like The Bachelor because I'm very much a feminist and I'm like I think just the level of ridiculousness 
is what draws me in because it's just something to kind of get lost in. But then also at the same time, you're rooting for these people. You're like, no, they really are there for the right reasons. But I will say that my favorite um, thing that's come out of the Bachelor franchise is Bachelor in Paradise because I think that is, I mean, again, it's not realistic, but if if we have to look at realism in the in the whole franchise, like at least Bachelor in Paradise, they're putting a bunch of single people together on an island. They're finding who they're attracted to, and then they're trying to make that work over the course of like, what, one to two months that they're at this lovely resort in Mexico. And it just, it feels like, okay, they, because on The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, I mean, maybe they spend a total of like six hours together before they're expected to have a proposal. And it's just, it's it's ridiculous. But Bachelor in Paradise, I'm like, okay, this, this is a little more realistic. And I just think it's so much funnier. I feel like you get to actually see the people more. And so that has been a guilty pleasure of mine. I think I've only missed like one season of Bachelor in Paradise. Ooh. I must confess, I have never seen an episode of Bachelor in Paradise. Okay. All right, Hillary. Well, we're, we're going back. We're going back to basics. You're going to have to watch because it is, it's phenomenal. But hearing you talk about it and that it is actually more time spent with each other and then the actual Bachelor, Bachelorette is super fascinating because I know that there are a lot of couples that are still together from Bachelor. I don't know that there's... Um, a bachelor statistician on social media called, <laughs> oh um, I think it's just called Bachelor Data. Okay. Um, it's a woman. I don't know her name. So she like really tracks oh, all of it. that stuff. Um, but it does seem like maybe the success rate is higher on Bachelor in Paradise than the traditional franchises in terms of I can't of believe you've not seen it. I know. Yeah. it's. I definitely need to, because especially right now, I am super passionate with the storytelling work that I do in supporting people that are that leave reality TV, that are on these kind of, I guess you can call it a competition yeah. show, but also these long-term shows where they're really not in control of their story at all. So I I feel like I'm enmeshed in the world because I've been reaching out and talking to people from these shows. And part of me is like, maybe it's better that I don't watch it all to like <laughs> no, have some yeah. form of objectivity. But also now I do want to see the differences and, and see like how people get to share who they are on that show. And mm -hmm. like if it is more of a comedic spin, is that okay with the people that are on the show? And so on. Um, sorry, Amanda. She's going to listen and be like, you guys only talked about The Bachelor. All of a sudden, this becomes a Bachelor recap yeah. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but, oh, the th one of the things I really loved about The Golden Bachelor was, like, the women are so much more secure in who they are. Like, there was a little bit of drama. And I'm mm -hmm. sure that much of it was, you know, pulled out of the, the women to get a little bit of excitement from the producers. But... Ultimately, it was like these women love each other. They're at points in their lives. They've either lost their spouses. They've been through divorces. They've realized how important female friendships are in their lives. And they just like were there to have a good time. Like I just – I loved it. I loved the different spin on it. And um, yeah, I'm totally going to keep watching whatever, <laughs> whatever they put out there. It was just also so nice to see people in their 60s and 70s step into the light yeah. on national TV and not being made fun of or like focusing too much on the physical 
appearances yeah. that take place when you age or anything like that. Like it really did seem weirdly revolutionary in that way, even though it was still like a Disney fairy tale. It was super fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It was like women aging more naturally. And there was also a range. There was like women in their 60s and women in their 70s. And, you know, on the bachelorette or, or on the regular bachelor, it's like, oh, the 32-year-old is, ooh, she's old. But yeah. So anyone listening, if you don't watch The Bachelor, just, you know, watch a couple of episodes and then come back and talk to me and Hillary. <laughs> yes. And oh. I, oh, I was just going to say, and I, I don't want to dive into this whole story because it would be a whole other podcast, but I did audition for <gasps> The Bachelor when I was 26 or 27. Oh my gosh. Um, and ended up like telling a story on stage about it when I was storytelling in a, a performance capacity. Um, and the story, I've written about it too, like in my newsletter and stuff. Um, but yeah, I'm okay. glad I auditioned for it, even though I didn't get picked. Well, there's a little teaser that people now have to subscribe to your newsletters. Yes. <laughs> so you'll have to like repost that story. Yes, it's um, there. Yeah. I know that we also share some other things in common that you mentioned you were like kind of invested in the genes journey. You're kind of on a similar journey right now, right? Yes. I feel like, I don't know, again, was it like a year or two ago? And I'm not on social media, so I just hear these things like in the ether, like all of a sudden if you're like – a millennial you're not allowed to wear skinny jeans or something I there mean, was just like a thing i remember am yeah. i correct in that yeah was the case i mean basically yeah we're being told how to dress by the gen zers and right. I'm like well but we don't want to look like them but we're also not allowed to yeah yes yeah and then at the same time and i don't think it was necessarily because of that but maybe like you've talked about of like comfort clothes during COVID and things when i like went back to jeans i didn't want to wear any of those and so yes <laughs> yeah. I have been on a quest for the last few years I've I have found mm. my favorite brand of jeans but they are shockingly expensive but you and know I've what? just like surrendered to the price and so far like I've had some of them for just for over a year maybe like a year and a half they last like they don't stretch out weird they still Amazing. look the same so it's this brand called a I, some people say it's air but i just call it a y r okay. it stands for all year round oh. um and they have a bunch of different shapes <laughs> i don't know what styles yeah. i guess that they're called so i've kind of landed on like a straight leg that goes to the ankle it's like a little high-waisted okay. I feel like it's gonna stand the test of fashion and it's like I don't know a part of me wants to go back to wearing like 90s wide leg jeans but <laughs> I don't know like what would actually happen if I if I did I will um, say I mean we all know that I tried and yes. um I actually wore them yesterday and one of Graham's um, friends came over and his mom was like I love your jeans I'm like oh my see women but I also think, I mean, I'm not dressing for anyone else, but yeah. like, you know, where it was interesting to see like Nick's reaction to the wider leg jeans. And then the mm. women, I've gotten several compliments from women on them. So it's just funny. Um, but I think because we're all on this similar journey of like trying to look stylish, but also still feel like ourselves, but get away from the skinny jeans. And like, 
I mean, if I found the perfect pair of jeans that you guaranteed me that they weren't going to stretch out, I would I would pay good money for them because a good pair of jeans will last years. Yeah. Yeah. And I also really like a barrel leg jean, oh. which is kind of like straight leg, but it like poofs out a little bit like mm-hmm. in the like thigh area. Not like Oompa Loompa pants, <laughs> but like... I don't know. I'm like a little curvy and like for my body type, it like is very flattering. Um, But I've also seen them like on other body types that aren't like mine and they're very flattering. But that brand AYR has a barrel leg. Okay. How did you find them? Did you like go and try them? I know. I'm sure. So no. So there's there was a shirt that I guess Oprah wore. It's like a striped, vertical striped, like button down, like Oxford style shirt. And maybe I was watching a YouTube, like I watch a lot of YouTube. So somebody was talking about it and not like in a being paid to talk about it way. They just Mm -hmm. were talking about it. They liked it. And then I went to visit my parents in Maine and I was in my parents' room and I saw that my mom had the shirt and I was like, you have the shirt, you have the Oprah shirt. And she's like, oh yeah, yeah, I really love it. It's this brand AYR. And then I was like immediately on the website and I I first bought a striped shirt and then I kind of fell. They have, while expensive, the stuff is really well made and they have really good sales. The only thing is it's like a final sale type of situation. So I really scour the reviews. And actually, if you email them, it's still a small company if you're like hey I'm not sure I'm this size and this I'm this size and that like what do you recommend they'll like recommend the size and they've been spot on every single time um so yeah I think it was initially YouTube then I was influenced by my mom and I I found them that's amazing Um, yeah and I've been on like a a bit of a style fashion journey because I'm so passionate about it like when I was in high school I had a composition notebook called the clothing calendar and I wrote down my outfit every single day for all four years of high school (gasps) and I have it somewhere in a box but I took it very seriously I think my freshman year I tried not to I repeated articles of clothing obviously but I tried not to repeat an outfit Um, it was like I was very determined it was just what something I just did for myself like I always saw fashion as a way to express myself and I'm getting very much back into it and there's this woman um Allison Bornstein, who's a stylist, and she just came out with a book in the fall called Wear It Well. And I highly recommend that book for all of this kind of jeans convo and personal style convo because her whole premise is don't go out and buy new things. Just fall back in love with your wardrobe Mm. and reimagine ways to put things together. And she has this thing called the three-word method to find your style. So once you land on those three words, and she has a whole process of getting to those words, then you see your wardrobe in a whole different way. And it's so true. And so I'm having a lot more fun just like playing with what I have yeah, as well. I love that. What are your three words? Can you share? Yes. They are uniform, playful, and bold. I love this. Okay. I know Amanda's going to love this too. Yeah. So okay. she's great. Her book is great. And then I also, back in October, she on her newsletter was like, I'm about to raise the prices of my styling session. So if you want it at the price it is now, get it. And I was like, ah! Yeah. So I did. And of course, it wasn't until just like a couple weeks ago. And by the time I was, it was time, I was like, I don't think I need this, but I too late. Yeah. <laughs> but it was still was like such a really wonderful, I feel like you can get so much from her book without needing her specific help. 
Um, but we spent an hour together on Zoom and I left with like 18 outfits from my oh. closet that I had like never put together. Like articles of mine, clothing that I've worn, but had yeah. never put together in the way that she recommended. But then she also was like, you don't need any more clothes. Yeah. And she's like, you have great style. You don't need any more clothes. And I think I kind of just needed someone to tell me that. That's fascinating, though, that she can do all that over Zoom. Like, yeah, I'm so impressed with anyone. Yeah. It was really fun, too. And like, when you kept the notebook in high school, because um, it reminds me of the movie Clueless, like just yes. when... I mean, I don't know if that was even one of Cher's goals, but it was like she had so many clothes. And I feel like I've heard of people who have done that, like tried to wear different things all the time. Whereas I am like, I haven't worn this combination for four days. It's good to rewear. <laughs> like I wear the same combinations of things all the time. But it's yeah. fascinating. Were you able to like stick with it that you never wore the same combination twice? Yeah, I think so. I also was like a big thrift store vintage shopper. So I did have like copious quantities of clothes back then. Right now, it's like if I find something, I want it in every color. Yeah. That's sort of where my uniform word came from. Yeah. So I do kind of wear the same thing every day. But yeah. like I just have multiples kind of, of things too at this moment. And there's yeah. now, I think I put this in when we were chatting about doing this together at the time of of sharing it with you there were, I only found one but there are multiple digital wardrobe apps now and there's one called wearing and it is a, the clueless mm. computer from that opening montage oh my gosh. I was like I can't believe it took 25 years or whatever for, <laughs> for someone to do that come to fruition but it's like pretty incredible like you basically upload your whole wardrobe into yeah. it and then you can like mix and match but it will also like auto generate outfits for you that's really fun yeah. oh the auto generating would be where i would be like just tell me what to wear yeah, yeah. I like that feature yeah okay. yeah i'm gonna have to look into this because yeah i need to fall back in love with my clothes it's, it's a lot of cozy sweatshirts with which i'm happy about but it's still also just like if i am tasked with going somewhere <laughs> that is not my home or to pick up my kids, I, I forget how to dress myself. So I need to relearn how to put some yeah. things together. But I bet you you don't need any more clothes. Like mm. I bet it's all there. I mean, we all need a little bit, but we'll right. see. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's take a break and we yes. will come back in a little bit to chat more with our listeners. After the success of her book, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, Marie Kondo created the KonMari Consultant Program to spread her joy-centered method of organization with as many people as possible. And seven years ago, Amanda, you became one of the first certified KonMari consultants. Humble bestie brag. I always appreciate a little bestie brag. If you, dear listeners, are also ready to spark joy in your life and the lives of others by becoming a consultant, for the first time in almost five years, you can join Marie Kondo in person in the greater New York area this April. You'll hear exclusive insights and attend a Q&A with the tidying master herself and have your photo taken with Marie. Um, Amanda, let's not forget that attendees will also be able to learn from you live. This is true, Brooke. I am honored to be a course instructor at the live April event. Listeners get the best discount that KonMari offers, which is $300 off regular admission, by using code GOODENOUGHISH at checkout. 
Visit events.conmari.com to learn more and use code GOODENOUGHISH at checkout to reserve your seat today. Get ready to spark joy while living your best life as a KonMari consultant. We are back. And Hillary, we like we had all these notes of things we were going to chat about, and we didn't even get to one of the biggest things, which we're going to talk about for a couple minutes, is that Paige's birthday was a couple weeks ago, and we had a Taylor Swift-themed dance birthday party. That sounds like the best thing I've ever heard of, and I wish I had been there. I mean, I'm not going to say that like I pushed her into it, but it was like she was bringing up other things, and I was like, how about this? And not only did she go for it, but it also ended up being on Super Bowl Sunday. Oh, my goodness. Which, as some of us know, many of us know that Taylor Swift's boyfriend, Travis Kelsey, played in the Super Bowl. Some of us only are into football right now because of the Taylor Swift effect. And so did I buy the most obnoxiously designed T-shirt I could find that said Swifty Bowl on it and wear it all day? I did. Oh, my God. Yes. I'm going to share the link. It was great. good. And I got one for Paige, too. But um, yeah, we had a Taylor Swift-themed birthday party, and every guest got a friendship bracelet with her name on it that I made over the course of weeks. I made the giant friendship bracelet like banner (gasps) that said, Happy Birthday, Paige. Uh, the paper plates were all disco balls, also known as mirror balls, um, because she has a song called mirror ball. So it was just, it was really fun. And, and you've mentioned to me that maybe I've had a little bit to do with your Swifty dumb. Yeah. So I'm definitely a late to the game. I feel almost like I, like I'm an imposter and I can't call myself a Swifty. we welcome you. (laughs) (laughs) But I... Taylor has grown on me. It started with the 10 minute all too well Mm, when Red Taylor's version came out, however, last year or the year before. Mm -hmm. And then there is a woman named Abby Gardner who writes a really fantastic Substack newsletter called We Have Notes. That is really where I get a lot of my pop culture intel. Mm. And she is a Gen Xer that is like... To me, the ultimate Swifty. I guess there is like a a crew of of elder Swifties, but I feel like she leads them. Um, and I'm saying this in like the nicest and most admiring of ways. And so I feel like I got invested in the Eras tour and everything via Abby because she was traveling the country, going to all of these shows and like meeting strangers and exchanging bracelets. And then hearing your experience going and meeting a friend at the show, it was in New Jersey, Mm -hmm. like outside New York, was so inspiring. And then I went to the film by myself and had a transcendent Mm -hmm. experience. Like I had full body chills from the moment it went on and i think from that point on i was like oh yeah i get it now Mm -hmm. like and i just have been listening to her music ever since but it kind of took all of that yeah to get there but now i'm not like solving conspiracy theories or anything like so many swifties are but i i am i would like to say i am you're a part-time swifty a (laughs) part-time swifty that would love to go like if your friend bails on your 
London trip, I'm there. I'll let you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, my work here is done. I've made I've made at least one person a Swifty. So um, yeah, I'm gonna send you some pictures from Paige's birthday Please. party. It yeah, was a blast. So and when cool. you know, when everybody was leaving and my friend Bridget, um, she was like, This was so great. And I was like, Thank you for coming to my party. Cause this was clearly, <laughs> I mean, Paige and her friends had a blast. Like we made it was at CFIT where I go to work out. They do these great birthday parties. They, you know, they teach the girls some different dance steps to like a good mix of hip hop music. And then we did pizza and cake and stuff. And then the whole last hour was like, I had made like the ultimate Taylor Swift dancey playlist. And so it was just so fun. It was like, I bought the heart shaped glasses for each girl. It was just, I really leaned into the joy of like, just do what makes you happy right now and her music and like connecting with my daughter over her music has made me a bigger Swifty. So yeah. That's so wonderful. And I'm assuming Paige had a blast. And oh yeah. It. Okay. Yeah. She had a good time. It was like yeah. the buildup was hard because it was like, you know, you book a birthday party like two months out and then she's like, when is my party coming? Yeah. And how so, old did she turn? She's eight. So oh, she was, it, I also had a banner that said Paige's eight era, you know, because oh. as one does. She's going to remember that forever. That's I so special. So. Oh my gosh. And my favorite prop and like, because of course we had like a little photo booth area because I am me. I cut out like a piece of foam core to look like a frame. And instead of TS 1989, it said PF 2016 because that's oh. when Paige was born. And like these eight-year-old girls are looking at this like, I don't understand this, but I was like, this is for me. <laughs> this is, I got to lean into the pun, the the connections. So yeah, I'm going to send you some pictures later. Yes. Oh my goodness. That's and I'll so share fun. some with our listeners just of me posing in, yeah. <laughs> in front of the photo. <laughs> so anyway, cool. that's not, we're not only talking about The Bachelor and The Golden Bachelor and Taylor Swift today. Um, one thing that I really love about you, Hillary, is just how much you like, you notice where maybe things aren't the best for you or the healthiest or as productive and you find what works for you. Um, and I'm so interested, like you mentioned that you aren't on social media and one of the things that you've really like worked on or learned since getting off of social media is like how to really lean into analog and writing things down. And like, it sounds so simple, but so many of us have gotten so far away from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't even write this down, I don't think, as like an intention for this year, but I'm already seeing it as a theme yeah. for this year is I'm not going to go completely off the grid because <laughs> yeah. I feel like in this day and age, that's also disconnecting me from community and that's really like all we really have Yeah, <laughs> in, yeah. as far as surviving. Um, so I'm not going off the grid, but my goal is to be more and more intentional about how I am in relationship with technology and not let it control my life and trust that there are ways to do things, ways to be in community and use my voice that don't necessarily involve, yeah, social media yeah. or other kind of forms of technology that we rely on so heavily. Yeah. You're one of the first people I know, I think, that like 
gave up your iPhone and you switched to a light phone, which mm-hmm. like I had never heard of this phone. It's actually called light, the right? The light phone, yeah. And it's kind of like a Kindle screen. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. So how long have you had it now and how has it been working out for you? Yeah. So I've had it since mid-December. I ordered it during Black Friday because they had a bit of a, a deal, but then I don't know. It somehow seems fitting like the inventory all got lost. So then (laughs) everyone had to wait a really long time. But I was like, well, you're not supposed to like get anxious or upset by needing this piece of technology because the whole point is like you're not supposed to need a phone. You need it in the way that we all feel like we need an iPhone or a smartphone. Yeah. So anyway, it came mid-December. So yeah, I've had it for just over two months I will say I've already had a replacement one um which isn't to say like their customer service is great I think I just was sent a faulty something was off glitchy with the phone but ever since I've gotten this replacement it's been seamless and okay and I've had no problems um but yeah people some people call it a smug phone because it's not a dumb like there's smartphones and then some people say there's dumb phones yeah. people call this one a smug phone because it has tools which is what they say what apps are yeah and really you can select what tools you want on the phone so there's like a notes tool that's like voice or text okay there's podcasting so i actually like you you handle everything from a dashboard on your computer so i load it in all of the podcasts I really want to listen to, which was helpful for me to be like, what do I really want to listen to? And yeah. loaded those on. Good enough-ish is on there. Oh, uh, there's a music tool, but I think you have to have MP3s. Oh, and my I was, gosh. Who has MP3s? Um, <laughs> yeah. But there is a way to load music on. There's a directions tool. There's a calendar tool that I believe syncs with iCal and other traditional calendars. I haven't used it. Um, so that's really neat. So it still has those capabilities. You can turn it into a hotspot if you still want to use your smartphone, just mm-hmm. like as a Wi-Fi device. Um, but really, it's just talking and texting is like the main utilization. There's like 20 emojis. If anyone <laughs> sends you a picture or a link, it gets forwarded to your email, which oh, I actually love. Because then if it's like an article someone sends me, I'd much rather like keep track of things like that there. Same. Yeah. And photos, it's nice too. Because it like as good as it is to get photos ongoing from people throughout the day, it just makes you more intentional about like how you respond to the photo. And it's making me think, oh, I should get a digital camera now that I can't take pictures with my phone. And Things like that, like separating activities yeah. so that are not all in this one device. Yeah. It's like I love how convenient my iPhone is for, you know, basically like running my life. But then there are times when I'm just like, I hate that my whole life is on this phone. Um, but then it's also very hard to get away from it. And I've found that like I will often narrate to my kids like what I'm doing on my phone because I don't want them to think I'm just sitting here staring at something like ignoring them. I'm like, okay, I am planning out tomorrow's carpool. I am looking at our calendar to see when we can have a play date with this person. I am emailing your teacher and they're probably like, we don't care. (laughs) But because I do, you know, like I said, I love that we have this amazing tool at our disposal, but it 
yeah, it starts to feel like too much. And I don't, I genuinely don't think I could give it up right now, but I am fascinated by the light phone maybe for my kids someday. Like Graham right now has a smart watch, not even a smart watch. It's just basically he can call us or text us. He can't add any contacts. He can't play any games. Like it is very as bare bones as you get. Um, but I know, I mean, he's already kind of joked like, oh, can I have a phone? And, you know, my answer is absolutely not. But we're going to reach a point where him talking, you know, to his friends through his watch that doesn't give him any privacy is not going to work for the stage of life he's in. So I love that this is an option. Um, but then, you know, the other side to um, kind of stepping back from like the fully computer in your pocket is how much less we like physically write things down. And that's something, you know, when you and I first met, I mentioned this planner that I was going to create and you were like, I'm such a planner person and and I love writing things down. But that was kind of before you really stepped away from social and you stepped away from the more like intense tech addiction that we all have. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's really made me think – like I've been trying to get back into a little bit of journaling and like physically writing things down, not just in my planner, but like what else have you seen from not having that like immediate go-to of putting something in your smartphone? Yeah. So, well, I use Notion for everything. So yeah. like but I just don't use it on a phone and I don't yeah. even use it on my iPad. It's just like, oh, when I need to write things down in that kind of digital way, it's at my desk, at my computer. Mm -hmm. But I have notebooks for everything else. So my goal is to do 15 minutes or three pages of morning pages, mm. which is, I know you said you were back into the artist's way, which is mm -hmm. like a big part of that book, The Artist's Way. I do that. So I have special morning pages notebooks because they're just like, kind of not nice notebooks because the whole point of morning pages you're just supposed to dump what's in your mind out onto the page without yeah. judgment so I have those um and then I have different notebooks for like different projects or things but one thing that's been really cool is over the last few years learning to trust my memory and that things will come to me mm. I don't necessarily need to get everything down right away and that came to me from going on i've now done two 12-day silent meditation courses where you have to surrender and this is like i still had an iphone when i did both of these ones that i did you surrender all of your technology you can't even have a pen a piece oh of my paper gosh. a book anything and the first time i did it i was like well how am i going to remember my experience or like what if things come to me in the moment i have these brilliant ideas that i can't grab them but what was so cool like in the weeks that followed coming back from that first experience it would just come into my mind like something that I had experienced during that time or an idea that had popped into my head and I'm pretty sure I remembered everything I needed to mm. remember and they were big things so now I kind of trust that muscle that I have um, so I don't scurry to write things down right away a lot unless it's something that I like really just like need to get out because it's bothering me yeah but like ideas or like oh I need to reach out to that person or like even I have to go to the post office today like I kind of just trust it 
It's it's very strange, but, but it works. I mean, it's strange and it seems so minor, but it's so huge because you're right. Like the second I notice something in our fridge that's low, I either write it down or we have like different lists for different things. We've got like the list on the side of the fridge that's for Trader Joe's and I either mm-hmm. immediately write it down or I immediately add it to like my Walmart or Target shopping cart. I love the idea of just like letting yourself trust yourself. Like Mm -hmm. I don't even give myself space to do that and like come to the end of the day and think, okay, when I went into the fridge today, what was low? Yeah, it's worth testing out. But then another thing that was cool is last month I was in New York and that was the first trip that I took without my smartphone. And it was funny because I was like, oh, I'm going to print out my Amtrak tickets so that I have them because I have the Amtrak app on my iPhone. And of course, my printer was out of ink. So then I couldn't print out my tickets. So I ended up because I still have my old iPhone. It's just very pared down. There's like four apps on it. It's on airplane mode. Just Mm -hmm. you need Wi-Fi to use it. So I did have to bring it on the train to show my ticket. But just even thinking about that. But for the rest of my trip, I used the balance bound page, the daily planner pad. Yeah. Is that the right t- wor- yes. name for yep. it? Yes. And okay. daily planner yes. pad. <laughs> and so for each morning of the days of my New York trip, I wrote out like when I had things scheduled and people I was meeting and places I needed to go. And I even put like the addresses of where mm. I was going because I I lived in New York. I'm in New York often. So I actually know how to get places. So I didn't have to worry about, oh, no, I'm going to need Google Map, whatever. But also my light phone has a directions app. So I did end up at a weird place in the West Village where I think I was supposed to be on Greenwich Street and I was on Greenwich Avenue. And it was just one of those things where I was like, the West Village is the only part of the city that is in a grid. It's very confusing. So I had the address on the piece of paper. I pulled up my light phone and I pulled up the directions tool and I just typed in the address. And it was like, oh, go that way. (laughs) You're like a block away. But that was the only time I really needed to use it. And I got everywhere I needed to go. I met up with every person I needed to meet up with. And I also like had fun kind of figuring out the things I needed to figure out, which was cool. So that was like a good use of writing things down, though. And like I yeah, paper grocery lists are great. I always just like will stick a post it on the back of my phone, like I'm going places for like the (laughs) next thing I need if I like have to remember. There's weird things with like QR codes and things where like I've been in situations where I'm like, oh, I don't have a smartphone. I can't do this thing you're asking me to do. But usually there is an alternative. Yeah. Well, and it's so I think it's important to remind ourselves to like take those steps away from the kind of like security blankets that the technology has become for us. Um, And I'm also like often reminded that like, you know, Amanda and I have talked about how writing things on paper, writing down goals, you are more likely to achieve your goals if you write them down. Um, but also, you know, there's been studies, um, one that I found out of a university in Tokyo in March 2021, you know, revealed that writing on physical paper can lead to more brain activity when remembering the information an hour later. Um, it says the unique, complex, spatial, and tactile information associated with writing by hand on physical paper is likely what leads to improved memory. And, you know, it brought me back to college because, again, you and I are about the same age and, like, there were very few people 
when I went to college who took notes on laptops. Like that oh, was yeah. a very new thing. It was actually um, – I feel like it was my sophomore year was when – maybe it was freshman year when the Apple laptops that were like came in 10 different colors. Do you remember those? Well, I had the desktop that came in. I had a red like bubble desktop. I didn't yeah. even know if there were laptops at that there time. Were laptops. There were laptops. It yeah. was – I mean, it was it was a real experience yeah. to see that. Like when I think back now, I'm like, how ridiculous did they look? Yeah. But there were very few people that had those. And I was also kind of known as like the really good note taker. Like people would borrow my notes. And I also didn't take a ton of lecture classes because I was an art major. Like, you know, but it's a really good reminder to me that I used to be really good at these things and I still have that muscle somewhere that if I write things down, um, I can retain them a lot easier than going to my phone and typing it in or doing a voice memo that I don't actually remember what I said. So mm. like I, I obviously I'm an analog lover. I do have a paper planner that I created, but even I depend so much on the technology sometimes that you forget those benefits of just writing things down or trusting yourself to remember it later. Yeah. And I will say, because I know like the light phone isn't technically analog, but it kind of feels that way compared to the uh, to an iPhone or a, an Android. Yeah. Um, but I've kind of been fascinated with this whole thing for a while. There's a really good book called Make Time that was written by two former Google employees. And mm. I read that uh, definitely early in the pandemic. But it it gives you steps to turn a smartphone into a more intentional device. Because my goal isn't to, again, like be rid of technology. I just want to be in control of it and using things for, for the good of the tool versus yeah. it using me kind yeah. of thing. Um, and like the mental health aspects that go along with like feeling like I need this technology to live kind yeah. of thing. So that like I had already kind of set up my iPhone in the way they kind of recommend, which was like I think a good gateway to switching to the light phone. And also there's this woman, Jenny Wise Black, who really was like the main inspiration for me switching to the light phone that I heard her on a podcast and then I ended up meeting her and, and chatting with her. But she has a 60-day program to literally detox people from oh their tech addictions and yeah. even social media addictions. And it is like I even felt like I – didn't have a lot of addiction and I still had physical like symptoms Oof. of not when I stopped using my iPhone and when I switched yeah to this other phone so it is one of those things it's like even if you think you're okay or like well, I thought I was okay and I wasn't yeah. none of us are okay <laughs> kind of yeah. thing yeah um but yeah like now just being more in tune with like yeah when do I write thing hand write things down? Like when do I use my computer? If I yeah. do need the app on my iPhone, like let me pull it out of a drawer <laughs> instead of like seeing it in yeah. my face kind of thing. I even Always. put a label. I use like a Dymo labeler and on the back of my iPhone it says not a phone. <laughs> <laughs> so that when it's upside down, I like don't because at first I was like pull it going for it. Yeah. Just like instinctually. It was yeah. really scary. Oh. 
Do you have you do you have new hobbies? You always have interesting stories and experiences to tell me when I catch up with you, but like what's the latest? Is there something new that you're doing with your hands or that like you've discovered because you're less dependent on Yeah. Well, I'm exercising a lot more. I don't know if that really I don't know if it's It's connected. good for you. It might be connected because yeah. it's like, oh, well, that's what I want to do. I want to like move my body and like be in a room with other people that are moving their bodies and like listening to loud music and yeah. having, you know, a teacher, like all of that kind of stuff. I think I've just kind of, I've had a lot of the same hobbies for the last handful of years, but I'm like really committed to them. Like I go to tap dance class oh, Monday night. Yeah. And like I last night in class, I was like, I think I've been doing this for eight years, but I like there's just something special about it. And it's not always the same people. But now there's like a couple of us that have been there the whole time. And it's just nice to even have that hour where yeah. there's like, yeah, there's no screens. There's we're just, again, moving our body. I'm just like really into meditation. I know it kind of sounds cheesy, but oh. on Sunday I did like a one day silent meditation course just to like brush up on on the the process of it and like there were 40 people there too it's just like yeah just figuring it's kind of like knowing I don't need to do anything with my hands more yeah yeah um and it's not perfect and any by any means like clearly I spend hours and hours watching reality television (laughs) you know listen (laughs) um but yeah or even just thinking oh like I should reach out to this person. And like, I am not a big phone call person, but I'll just text someone and let them know I'm thinking of them and then have a conversation. And like, some of my friends have been calling more because they know that that's like the best way to reach me now. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm using an egg timer a lot, <laughs> like a kitchen timer yeah. um, for things like my skincare regimen like if I need space between products like I set the timer or like if I only like want to work you know there's the Pomodoro method Mm -hmm. for working and it's like if I just want to work for 20 minutes things like that and then for cooking things like where I would normally use an iPhone to set a timer yeah I'm surprised how much I need to set timers I know yeah (laughs) I have like my little time timer that I've talked about and this it is very visual like you know you just set it so it shows you oh that Um, one's great isn't it cute it's my colors um but it does also have a bell so I could use it um and it's not like it doesn't have an annoying ticking I don't like timers yeah mine has like the 60 minutes tick okay I find it kind of soothing (laughs) the 60 minutes like this show yeah, on cbs yeah, yeah, right yeah, yeah oh my gosh well yeah i'm always inspired by what you're up to and um i'm gonna try to like i mean i still haven't started my morning pages i you know i talked before about how i was listening to the artist's way mm-hmm. and then i was like gonna listen to the whole thing and then maybe buy a copy before you know i was procrastinating actually starting this process but there should be nothing else holding me back from just writing a little bit each morning. And I'm going to try to pay attention to those times where it's like I feel like I need to write something down immediately or I need to activate something on my phone immediately or add something and like allow myself to trust myself. I love mm-hmm. that exercise of just knowing that you don't need to be so dependent on this technology, even though it does make my life easier in a lot of ways. It's not the only thing that I can depend on. 
Yeah. And I don't know. For me, it's like a sense of adventure or like game, like figuring out like, oh, well, then how do I do this thing if I can't do that? (laughs) Um, Do it the normal way. Yeah. Um, And one thing, too, about Morning Pages that's been super helpful for me is a friend of mine also said she wanted to get back into it. And so we text each other when we're finished each morning. And like some days I don't do it. And some days she doesn't do it. And we're not like beating ourselves up about it. And like we'll still share with each other even if the other person hasn't done it. And it just has like kept the momentum going. But also has been like it's okay if we skip a day or things like that. So I'm happy to do that with you too if that's helpful when you're ready. Yeah. I'll let you know (laughs) when I actually start. Yes. (laughs) Awesome. Well, um, as always, we want to hear from our listeners. Is anyone else kind of – stepping back from the iPhone or, or doing anything that Hillary does or, you know, just has other tips for not being so dependent on our technology and also like finding a love for analog, writing things down, stepping back. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Hey listeners, Amanda here. One of the best ways to support this podcast is by leaving positive ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts. If you're on an iPhone, find that purple podcast app, search for Good Enough-ish, scroll down to the ratings and reviews sections to tap five stars and write your own review. You might even get a shout out on the show. Your support means so much and will help new listeners find us. Thanks so much. Now back to the show. And we're back. Hillary, I am super excited to hear what is sparking joy for you because... You kind of gave me a little teaser, and I don't know what it is. Yeah. Well, my first sparking joy is that I get to share my what's sparking joy Aww. for me because I love listening to this part of your show. <laughs> Thank now you. Fangirling. Um, okay. So, I have you heard of the Featherly Friends? I have not. Okay. I'm so curious if other if listeners know what I'm talking about, but I will explain. So. Okay. It started as a Christmas decoration, but for the last like six or seven or maybe even eight years, Target has been releasing these fabric birds. Okay. They end up being, they're $5 each and they're seasonally themed. And I started getting them at Christmas time, maybe in like 2016 or 2017. And I would just like, whichever ones were in the store. Um, But I don't know when all of a sudden it's like it's like a beanie baby craze, but at like a really niche level. Like I yeah. found there's a Reddit group called Seasonal Fabric Birds. Oh but, but they are basically little fabric bird figurines that are dressed seasonally. For example, there was <laughs> Deckard was one of my favorite. They're, they have little tags on them too with their name and the year that they oh, came okay. out. So Deckard was like a couple years ago and it was a bird dressed as a Christmas tree. <laughs> Amazing. They're just like so ridiculous. My dream is to meet the designer or designers (laughs) of these birds because they're getting more and more absurd. Like they put out a nativity scene this year that was just like really wild. Um, But anyway, they spark joy for me. And now because I guess they're increasing in popularity, I think there's like a teacher on TikTok that like talks with them that like kind of made them popular. And then there's also people that flip them now on like <laughs> eBay. Like they're selling them for $10 instead of five. But like oh the, tr- the, the real bird collectors are very in- 
outraged because then they're gone from the target shelves like immediately Uh and also not available on the website and so like there's insiders at target that are like telling the reddit when it drops so because of that i knew that the easter and spring ones were dropping yesterday oh my gosh and it just so happened that my local target which is uh, my street basically dead ends into a target parking lot it's a little bit dangerous living the dream yeah (laughs) but anyway they were there so i did store pickup so that i wouldn't like buy anything else but (laughs) the guy hands me the bag and it's just filled with four um (laughs) easter and spring themed birds and so they those ones are currently sparking joy for me i think i have this is a little scary to say i have 70 (gasps) of them and there's also like a somebody that lives like two blocks away from me that changes her window (laughs) display and puts them in and like i want to leave her a note to be like i collect them too but i don't want to be creepy let's be friends but she even she has like one of those little signs with like the little letters that you can like punch in and out and right Mm -hmm. now it says in my bird era which i feel (sighs) like is wraps you know we would probably be best friends you have to be her friend yeah they will spark joy for all of you just like Check that you can put in Featherly Friends in the Target search bar. I think sometimes if you put in Spritz Fabric Bird. Um, so I think I actually have one of these. I oh just didn't know it was a thing. So oh, okay. it's a thing. I'm going to look it up right now. But they're just so stupid and cute and ridiculous. I have some right up on the shelf above where we are right now. Okay, um, so I have... Yeah, I have one Christmas one that's like wearing a scarf, but these are $10. They don't look like – maybe they're not the right thing. I don't know. They're usually only $5 each. You're going to have to send me a picture of yours and we're going to have to make sure. Yeah. Um, But I do have like – I got one last Christmas that was just a cute little $5 bird wearing a scarf. Yeah. But I had no idea this was like a thing. Oh, it's a thing like – yeah. Before I even realized it was a thing, I put one back on a shelf at Target one holiday season and this man swooped behind me and like grabbed <laughs> it off the shelf. There are like secret Featherly Friends collectors out there that maybe don't like share it publicly, but I am happy to share it publicly. I love them. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, uh, now I'm going to have to do the research and, and fall down the rabbit hole. This is fascinating. Oh, and <laughs> I'm like, it's your turn now. No. I know. <laughs> so excited i whether this stays in or not i said during the break brooke i want to ask you how you're doing your future self a favor and then i totally blanked so now you did it okay but i want to do it officially okay Okay. so brooke how are you doing yourself oh no i messed (laughs) i told you it's easy to mess up it doesn't it doesn't flow go ahead i'll let you try again Brooke, how are you doing your future self a favor? You did it. Okay. So I actually haven't done this yet because as we know, for me, March is the new January. I have not yet chosen my word of the year, but I saw this idea for anyone who is looking to do them their future selves a favor. And I think it's so great to keep your word of the year in mind is to put it on a friendship bracelet, which is also such a Swifty thing. Yeah. Isn't that a great idea? That is a really amazing idea. I know because I made some for myself at Christmas time when Paige and I were really getting into the bracelets. I made one that said joy and I made another one that said Mary. And like the joy one I do wear still almost daily. Um, I've got like a stack of four or five of them that I'll throw on. And it does bring me joy and it reminds me to find the joy. So whenever I decide my actual word of the year or words or phrase or whatever, I'm going to put it on a friendship bracelet. And I just think it's the best idea. So 
that's that's how I'm going to do my future self a favor yeah. once I decide. But isn't it cute? Yeah. Well, and by saying it out loud here, you already are doing your future self a favor. That's true. Too. Yeah. Do you have any interest in teaching a friendship bracelet making class or having some sort of party or something? Um, I mean, I would sign up. I don't think I have much knowledge to uh, put out there. I basically just buy whatever bead kit looks cute and tie a bunch of knots. I'm sure I'm not making them like super well. I'm sure that the ones that I made for Paige's friends are already falling apart. I know that it sounds confusing. Like when I said friendship bracelet, Amanda thought it was like the string the, ones. Yes, like the summer camp bracelet. Summer camp, what we used to call friendship bracelet. But yes. I think now like we're taking Beads. bead bracelets and calling them friendship bracelets. So I can make one in a solid like in a four minute window if I'm if I have the right tools. But um but yeah we can absolutely get together and make them. I just don't know that I have anything of value. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah it feels like that's a fun analog activity to yeah, get into. It is and it is something that actually my whole family loves to do now. Like all four Ooh. of us you can find someone at any time at the dining room table making some beaded bracelets. It's like it's um, pretty instant gratification too because like yeah. very quickly within a couple minutes, you got yourself some jewelry. Cool. Yeah. I love it. And I can't wait to hear what your word is when you have it. Me too. <laughs> Whenever I come <laughs> up with it. Oh, well, this was so fun. I'm so excited that you were our first guest co-host and I hope it wasn't too scary. No, it wasn't scary at all, <laughs> but it's big shoes to fill. And Amanda, you are wonderful. And I hope um, that you are listening from... Oh, she is. She is. <laughs> She'll be back soon. But yeah, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you and for having me. Absolutely. This was really fun. And you gave so many like great um, A ideas lot of resources. and resources. Yeah. So <laughs> I will be putting all of those links in the show notes, which if you're a listener and you don't know, our show notes, just go to goodenoughish.com, um, head to the episodes link, and then you'll find each episode. You'll find like the audio for it. You'll find links to listen to it on all of the podcast players. And you will find links to all of the things that we talked about on each episode. So if someone asked me recently, they're like, where do I actually find the show notes? So, but like I had to explain that. Cool. Um, yeah. So Hillary, hopefully we'll yeah. hear from you again soon. Thank you, Brooke. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Good Enough-ish. We will be back each week with new topics, stories, tips, and personal experiences, as well as some good old friendly banter and lots of laughter. Don't forget to find us on Instagram at goodenough.ish. Email us at goodenoughishpodcast at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 484-440-9498 with questions, comments, or ideas for future episodes. Thanks for listening. Bye.